Do you have need to believe in the resurrection? The transforming power of God's love and mercy in our lives. Do you have need to believe in the resurrection? Not sure how we've been able to begin and to take this discipleship journey, this journey that we've been on on the way to Jerusalem without some deep understanding of the possibility that lies ahead, the power of the resurrection. Now, you know that for the last six months plus now, as we've been ordinary time, we have been hearing Jesus in his public ministry. And in Luke's gospel, again, we have been journeying with him to a purpose and to a direction. The whole public ministry, that literary device, that theological device of Luke, is that Jesus turns his face towards Jerusalem, and then all of his public ministry, all of his teaching, all of his healing, all that we've heard about over these last six months is on the way and the journey to Jerusalem. And you know how radical that journey has been. As we've gone through this six months, we've learned so many things about how beautiful and how challenging the gospel message is. How it requires things like radical hospitality. How Jesus himself welcomed sinners and ate with them. At table with so many to experience the presence and the kingdom of God. We've had uh, experiences of Jesus that have challenged us, not just to hospitality, but to put the relationship with God and Him first. Our call to discipleship first in our lives. We've heard the encouragement and the challenge to live a more simplistic life. And how we can't enter through the narrow gate when we have a bunch of stuff tied to our tails or all kinds of baggage, right? We have heard parables of God's mercy calling us, seeking us like a lost sheep or like a son that has been prodigal or an elder son that the father embraces. We've heard so much about what this call to discipleship has meant over these last several weeks in Jesus' teaching in parables. And in those parables, he's invited us to participate in the kingdom of God. And we know that those parables are also supposed to shake our normal way of thinking and being so that we can stand a little bit more strong in a creativity of the kingdom of God, right? So we've taken this journey with Jesus all of during these months, realizing how beautiful and how challenging the journey of discipleship is. And now... We are here. We're at the end of the liturgical year. We're coming to the end of Luke's gospel. And actually, this weekend and next weekend, only two stories we're hearing now that Jesus has arrived in Jerusalem. The journey is coming to its completion and its end. Now, of course, we didn't hear about the glorious entry into Jerusalem, right? Or his weeping over Jerusalem. We didn't, we're not going to hear about what happens out there in his life, death, and resurrection because that's 
another liturgical season. <laughs> it's called Lent and Easter, right? But he is arrived at the end of discipleship journey to complete his purpose. And there's just a few things we hear now that we're in Jerusalem with them. The first one is today's story, and it's the question of resurrection. The second one we'll hear next weekend, and it's about the destruction of the temple and coming calamities. Okay. <laughs> So, but we're going to stick with resurrection today. If you want to hear about calamity, come tomorrow or come next week, right? And so we're going to stick with the resurrection today. But isn't that interesting? Resurrection and death. Death and resurrection. Transformation. That's what Jesus' whole purpose has been about. That's what this discipleship journey has been about. And so now we're here at its conclusion. And again, the two most important things of this conclusion are emphasized. Death and resurrection. Now, I want to just give a bit of an understanding of resurrection within the Jewish faith and its development within the Jewish faith and a little bit of the context of what we're hearing as Jesus is challenged about resurrection in today's gospel. So I have to give you a little bit of a historical critical perspective here. First of all, resurrection in the Jewish faith. Most of the history up to Jesus Christ, Jews didn't believe in an afterlife. There was no sense that there would be anything after death. The only way that you kind of lived on was in the memory and within family, right? Your prodigy, your bloodline. Which, by the way, is the reason why these Sadducees come to Jesus and talk about the brothers who marry, leaving the wife child. It's because prodigy and sons are so important to keep the memory and the family alive. Okay, but they didn't believe, most Jews didn't believe, up until about a hundred or 150, 200 years before Jesus comes onto the scene, comes into history and is born, did the, some of the Jews start to believe in the possibility of an afterlife and a resurrection? And interestingly enough, the group of Jews who promoted that the most was the Pharisees. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection, but there were other Jews who didn't believe in the resurrection. And of course, 100, 150 years before Jesus comes onto the scene, we hear in the book of Maccabees, one of the clearest communications of the belief in the power of life after death in the Jewish people. Because the brothers who are, are there's so many brothers in these readings, that's confusing, sorry. But for in Maccabees, the ones, the brothers who were killed in violation, so they don't have to violate God's law, are, are killed and they speak about how God will give us back a wholeness, about how there will be a resurrection to life, but those fiends are not going to be part of it, right? And so it's the, it's the clearest articulation, one of the last books of the Hebrew scriptures written. And so there's just some people, some of the Jews, by the time Jesus comes on the scene, believe in resurrection. Sadducees, the group of Sadducees, do not believe in the resurrection. 
And that's a really important thing because they're the ones who are coming to Jesus in this gospel, challenging him about the resurrection, right? You, you get that? It's like, Jesus, in the resurrection, ha, 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 right? <laughs> What's this going to be like? And so they're really trying to trip him up. Okay, a little bit of context about today's gospel passage after knowing a little bit about resurrection. Sadducees. The Sadducees. Who are they? They're one of the groups of Jews or a sect of Judaism that is extremely conservative. They are probably a very wealthy and established class. They are probably people in the positions of power. They are probably highly educated. A lot of their power and wealth is historically thought to come from some of the collaboration they've had with the Roman occupying force, right? They had some lucrative contracts with the Roman government. So, uh, so, so they're, and they're extremely conservative, and they are the ones who are benefiting most from the system of Judaism to stay exactly the way it is, and the government to stay exactly as it is. You following me? They're the ones who are benefiting most. Can you see why not only do they not believe in the resurrection, they don't want to believe in the resurrection. They don't want anything to change. They want it to be just like this. This is great. This is supporting my wealth, my power, my position, right? That's why they don't want anything to do with it. They are extremely, extremely on the far, far, far side, right? Keep it as it is, it benefits me. Doesn't matter if it doesn't benefit anybody else, it benefits me. Okay, they don't believe in resurrection. They have no need and they have no want to believe in the resurrection. Here's the other thing that's important about the gospel passage that we hear proclaimed today. They talk about the resurrection as they're talking about the brothers in a very false or misunderstood way. When they bring this story or trick of the seven brothers that marry so that there will be a prodigy line, they think that resurrection is just a continuation or if there would be at all, it would be just a continuation of life as it is, right? So, you know, they marry and remarry, and, you know, it's just like, uh, afterlife is like this life. By, by the way, we do this sometimes ourselves right now. It's a little sad, right? Like we, you know, Uncle Joe loved Coca-Cola, so I put a can of Coca-Cola in the casket, you know? So, so, so forgive me for saying that. I know that's a little bit crude, right? Right? But, but sorry, resurrection is not like that, right? There's a transformation. There's something different that happens, okay? And so the, the Sadducees are bringing this question. They don't believe in resurrection. They don't want to. They don't need to, right? And they're bringing this question about that it's just a continuation of the way life is now. Do you and I have a need to believe in the resurrection. 
I have a friend who is a Christian therapist. And of course, being a counselor, a therapist, he does couple marriage counseling, families, children, does lots of counseling for lots of people. And of course, as you might imagine, a lot of times when you need to go to a counselor, you're coming with a lot of brokenness and baggage, right? There's something going on that you know is just incredibly painful and you need help to walk through that. And so I asked my, my, my friend who's a, who's a counselor, I said, who are the most difficult clients, right? I was actually thinking men or women, but he didn't answer me like that, right? Who are the most difficult clients? His answer to me was this, those who don't believe in the resurrection. I said, what, what, what do you mean? Those who don't believe in the resurrection. He says, those who don't believe that there will be something that's possible, different, something that will change and transform, something about this life, no matter what this struggle is, no matter what this loss is, no matter what this brokenness and sinful is, no matter how painful this relationship is, that there can be something different, right? That, that something of life is possible from all of this stuff that we're grinding through right now. He says those are the most difficult clients because you, you just get stuck, right? Death is death. Brokenness is brokenness. Uh, there's, not, there's not a whole lot else, you know. Uh, our, our relationship is not going to change. It's just going to be like this all the time. There's no possibility. No belief in a resurrection. But most of us know we need to believe in the resurrection, right? We need to. <laughs> you know... This, these struggles of our bodies that are breaking down. The, the, these, goodness gracious, look at the church around us these days, you know? All of the brokenness within the church and, 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 and this, you know, closures and reductions and, you know, we wonder where our, some of our kids are. And, and, and you know, like, uh, right? Uh, the, the, the struggles within our families. Oh my goodness, haven't navigated these these three years, you know, the three years of pandemic and, and all the changes and the struggles and confusion, right? How do we do that without the trust and the hope that, and the need that there is a resurrection and that there's something about the other side? There's something about this life that's going to be different and needs to be different than what is right now. There's some hope, some sense of a possibility. On the way to Jerusalem, all of these joys and challenges of being a disciple, Jesus himself, as he's now arrived, needs to believe in the power of the resurrection, that we have a living God and a God of the living. The need for the resurrection and the transformation of what will come. We together profess our faith. I'm going to ask three questions. The response to those questions is, I do. 
Do you believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, died, buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? This is our faith that we profess through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Trusting in the compassion and the transformation of God's love, we offer these needs and petitions. Our response this morning is, hear us, O Lord. For Pope Francis and all church leaders, that they may share Christ's word with faithfulness and wisdom, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. In the words of Pope Francis, Mary, Queen of Peace, comfort the martyred Ukrainian people and obtain from the heads of nations the strength of will to immediately bring the war to an end. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. As we approach Veterans Day, may all who have served in the military find comfort and support they need in mind, body, and spirit. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all those celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, and baptisms this month, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all those in our prayer requests list in the bulletin, May their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. We go forth in union with Pope Francis's intentions for November for all children who are suffering, especially orphans, children who are homeless, and children who are victims of war. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially Albert Ferrari, may he be welcome into God's kingdom. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. We remember today Marilyn Kay and all the intentions present on the altar along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. And calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, 
now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. As our gifts are gathered and prepared, we sing number 728, I has not seen. Two, eight.
pray, sisters and brothers, that my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good we call his holy church. We pray, look with favor, O Lord, on these sacrificial gifts offered here that celebrating in mystery the passion of your Son, we would honor it with loving devotion. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is right just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ. He is the salvation of the world. He is the life of the human race. He is the resurrection of the dead. Through him, all the hosts of angels and saints adore your majesty and rejoice in your presence forever. May our voices, we pray, join theirs in one chorus of praise as we acclaim. Indeed, Holy Lord, the font of all holiness, make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending down your spirit on them like the dewfall, that they may become the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many 
for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Therefore, we celebrate the memory of his death and resurrection, and we offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to stand in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly, we pray that partaking in the body and the blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church, which is spread throughout the world. Bring us to the fullness of charity. Together with Francis, our Pope, with David, our Bishop, all clergy and all who serve and lead your people. Remember also our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God, with the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, that we too may be co-heirs to eternal life, to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. 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 Please rise. With trust in the transformation of the kingdom of God at the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil, Lord. Grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy, we may be freed from sin, 
protected from all anxiety as we wait in joyful hope the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord, you said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sin, but on the faith of your church. Grant us peace and unity. That's in accordance with your will. For you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Let us offer each other some sign of Christ's peace. the resurrection and the life. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed who are we who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. I only say the word and so shall be. For those celebrating with us virtually, we offer an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Our communion hymn can be found in the back cover of your blue hymnal, The Supper of the Lord. Again, in the back cover of your blue hymnal.
Let us pray. Nourished by this sacred gift, O Lord, we give you thanks and ask your mercy that by the pouring forth of your spirit, the grace of integrity may endure in those your heavenly power has entered. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, learning a new sign. Are you ready? Sign for resurrection. <laughs> so these are these are you're standing, right? Right. So 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 it's like the peace sign, but upside down, right? Right. So you're, those are your two legs, and so this is like the ground, right? And so it's standing once again, right? Is that correct? Yes. Those of you who are signed, this is resurrection, right? This is ascension, right? This is ascension, but you don't want to do that. This is resurrection. Resurrection. So also, if you do it like this, it means stand. <laughs> but that's just like from the grave, back to standing. Great. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Mass is ended. Go in peace. Live the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we go forth, we sing number 611, All Creatures of Our God and King, number 611. 